A three-point edition of Crown Corner as Charlotte FC defeats NYCFC 3-2 in one of the wildest games that we've had a chance to do in Charlotte FC's young history. Probably the wildest game we've seen at Bank of America Stadium between myself, Willie P., and Jessica Charman. And Jess, I think we look back on what happened on Saturday night uh, with great pride because with everything that's been going on with this team, we've talked a lot about the you know off the field distractions and incidents that have taken place. The resolve that this team had, not just to get a victory, but the resolve they had even within the match to uh, basically get themselves back on the front foot after NYCFC equalized twice, is incredibly extraordinary given the up and down nature of their on the field form. It was the result that this team needed. It was the result that the team had promised the fan base last week after DC United. And there were so many encouraging signs about the way that Charlotte FC played. It was a real clicking moment. It was amazing to see the impact that Justin Merrim was able to have and the quality of his service. It was really telling that Enzo Capetti was able to score two very good goals, displaying his movement off the ball and his incredible composure in front of goal. Mackenzie Gaines had service defensively. Still a few questions and nervously now about that personnel as the flies keep dropping and you're in a position where your squad depth is a little concerning. But overall, very, very satisfied with the performance. And most importantly, Willie P, like you said, showed an incredible amount of resilience, determination, and never wanted to sit back in this game and accept a point were absolutely always gunning for those three points and were able to hold it out at the end. Usually we've uh, lately started from the back and gone forward. I want to do the reverse today because I want to start at the top with Enzo Capetti. Uh, I think you saw a little bit of the frustration on Capetti, and maybe this, this just might be his personality. He didn't celebrate the first goal that much. He got a little bit more on the second one. Uh, but I want to talk about both the goals individually because – that tap-in is similar to what we saw in the Open Cup contest a couple of weeks ago where we see him just being able to make sure that that service gets in uh, towards him and then he does uh, the rest, makes no mistake. He did that against Tormenta, did that on incredible service from Mackenzie Gaines inward. And then the perfect run and, and watching that goal back last night and also this morning, uh, not only was it great service from Justin Merrim, but also he took a very perfectly timed run right from the top of the box, hit the apex of his leap right when the ball hit his head, and it went in in a place where the keeper could not stop it. That is why you spend the money for a guy like that, because he can score goals in both those varieties. He just hasn't gotten the service, and I'm glad that he now has Charlotte FC's goal lead and does so with his first brace. And what's impressed about Enzo is his off-the-ball movement. It's really difficult for defenders to track when he makes those big runs in, times them correctly. He was doing that all night. Really well done, smart soccer IQ runs, timing them correctly. And I thought that, yes, it's a tap-in, but it's easier said than done. If you lean back with the pace that McKenzie put on that ball, you end up sailing it over the crossbar. You take your eye off it and turn around to celebrate. It took composure based on the way Enzo's been playing lately. And I was just very happy to see him get those two goals. 
and what Enzo continue to do as well that won't be talked about because he has two goals on the scoreline is continue to show his defensive capabilities. I know you mentioned how he began his career professionally as a defender. He displays those defensive abilities every single week on set plays, coming back in and behind, putting in big tackles. Aoni Tarnish is obviously the yellow card for descent, which is always going to be disappointing when you pick up those yellow cards. But as Latantio said, if he can score two goals, you'll take the yellow. Unfortunately, won't have a chance to score goals against Atlanta United because that was yellow card number five. Yeah, I did appreciate that comment from Latanzio last night where he did, like you said, say that uh, it is something that they'll have to kind of live with. And it's something I think that the club has, as they've gotten to know Enzo, really kind of have to get to know and, and make sure that you harness that that passion of his correctly. I also thought on a night where Charlotte FC, I think going in, might have maybe had some concern about what your wing productivity was going to be. I think you couldn't ask for anything better than a pair of assists from both McKenzie Gaines on the first goal and Merrim on the goal uh, second. And uh, I think Merrim also had a chance possibly to get himself a goal of his own. He just missed on that one long-distance shot uh, on the right side of the net. But we've been talking a lot about McKenzie Gaines trying to work on the final product. We've seen the work in training. We saw it during the preseason. Uh, he did have four assists last year, but this is one where I feel like was tailor-made for him on that cutting ball that uh, Ashley Westwood put forth his way and Miram put forth the kind of service that we've just been begging for with corner kicks and set pieces. And Charlotte FC gets it done on both accounts. Yeah, really good service from the wingers. Really good energy from the wingers as well. They did a lot defensively. Don't forget about that part as well. I remember a couple of very good recovery runs from Justin Merriman and McKinsey Gaines offering the defensive side of the ball on the attacking half. Really well done by McKinsey Gaines to have the composure to cut that one back. It's a one-time cross in his stride and he manages to keep it on the ground, which makes that service so much better by McKinsey Gaines. And he also had an almost assist as well on the goal that was given off for a correct offside decision. So it wasn't that one-off hit and hope for McKinsey Gaines he found service consistently throughout that match. So really encouraging positive signs for McKinsey. Next step now is to making sure you're able to do that week in, week out. For Justin Merrim, displayed every bit of experience, but also displayed a huge desire to show this crowd what he can do. It was so obvious that he wanted to show this home crowd the ability that he has, and he displayed it very well. You can see why earlier on in the game, he was telling Ashley Westwood he wanted those corner kicks. And with the service that he gave on... Enzo Capetti's goal, I think that in-swinging corners should be given by Justin Merrim because his service with enough power, with the right placement, putting it into a good area was fantastic. And I was really happy to see Justin Merrim display his leadership qualities as well. You saw him motivating the team throughout the game. I told you, he's been a favorite of mine ever since he was with Atlanta United in 2019. And uh, the fact that that has uh, at least gone forward for him in a positive way uh, is really, really great to see uh, from his time now with Charlotte FC. I uh, wanted to at least acknowledge Carol Svidersky because he was the man who put the service in on the last own goal. He's uh, robbed of the paper glory, but it's just another evidence of him being dangerous, not just from the set play, but continuing his overall good form of late i mean he still gets the assist on the free kick and it wasn't on target what he did well and we talked about it on the broadcast was he put it into that area where the defender is forced to make a decision the defender can't not make a play on the ball because charlotte fc have bodies in the box and they'd look dangerous from set pieces throughout the game so because of where carol Swiderski serves that ball 
he's forced to make a play on the ball, which finds the back of the net. So Carroll be satisfied with the way that he put in deliveries. But I also thought there was far more of a willingness for Karol Svodersky to get on the ball. We talked in the pregame show about one of my keys being that Carroll needed to have that demanding presence in the midfield where he wanted to get on the ball, where he wants to be an outlet. And we saw so much more progressive passing in this game. There was less of the horizontal passes and a lot more verticality on this side. And it really had a positive impact on the way that Charlotte FC played. I also feel like we need to shout out the back line and particularly Jan Zabatinsky. I know Jan did get beat on a foot race for the first goal of the contest, but I think after that, he was very, very good. We've always talked about how much we love this distribution. Feel terrible for the injury for Dilson Melanda, and we'll uh, get a report on that from Christian Latanzio uh, when he joins the media Monday in advance of the Tuesday Open Cup time. But uh, Charlotte FC might have to go to a makeshift back line again uh, this upcoming week in a pair of contests because of Melanda's injury and, of course, a lingering issue with Tui Loma. Uh, does that mean Hamadi Diop comes into the starting lineup? Do they go back to Nathan Byrne as a center back and go with Harrison and Jalen Lindsay on the outside? There's a lot to kind of uh, at least look for in terms of what exactly Charlotte FC wants to employ here. But in the moments they needed to in the contest, they held up strong when Charlotte FC not only needed to hold the equalizing line, but also hold the lead after Charlotte FC got it in the 74th minute. Yeah, there's a lot of positives to be taken defensively with the organization, with the decision-making. I thought there was the really uh, improvement in when to play out the back and when to just clear it long in order to relieve yourselves. And I really liked seeing the way they were able to make themselves extremely compact once Charlotte FC were looking to hold out that 3-2 scoreline. It was really nice as well to be looking down at the coaching staff, seeing them so vehemently involved in making sure that Charlotte FC was able to shut up shop. Disappointing to concede two goals. It's always going to be disappointing to concede two goals when you're a defensive side. Obviously, the penalty... Not the best time tackled by Melanda, but it was actually a really awkward one where he just sort of lost his footing, which is why he got injured. Uh, first goal, a little bit more alarming. I think we saw in the first goal as well issues with the chemistry. Uh, a new goalkeeper in Kalina, new defender in terms of Jan Sobinczynski, and actually Jan's accidental effort to recover the ball prevented Cali getting the chance as a goalkeeper to make a save because Jan ended up shielding Kalina. But all in all, Positive signs. I think it's really good to see Jan get those first minutes for Charlotte FC. It's another testament to Crown Legacy and how they are providing an opportunity for players to stay sharp in their position. What do you do against Orlando? Uh, Decision-making is difficult here, right? Because the nature is that Derek Jones is probably your first choice defender with what you've got left. Mm -hmm. But do you want to give an opportunity to whoever you plan to pair in the centre-back position before... Atlanta's game. I, I know that Derek may be the, the sure fit, but he's not going to be able to play against Atlanta. So for me, you use this as an ideal opportunity to give whoever your starting centre-back pair is going to be against Atlanta some time to get some chemistry together. And I also think, too, you're probably going to use Derek in the midfield anyway, regardless of, of what things are going, because he's not going to be able to play against Atlanta. And I also feel like you do the same for Enzo Capetti, though I also wonder, and this is something we talked about in the postgame show, if this means a, a call-up for Vinny Mello, this is going to be an interesting situation because 
as much as Carroll is adept at playing the nine, he's much better as a support 10 because you want to get as much attacking firepower on the pitch as possible. Do you feel like you get a better sense of this with Carroll at the nine and somebody like Ben Bender at the 10 or Chris Hagar in that role potentially? Or do you rather have Carroll play the 10 and either Vinnie Mello or even uh, Patrick Ajiman, who would be making his MLS debut at the nine. Uh, I'm wondering how Christian Latanzio employs that, whether or not we see a little bit of laboratory mix in the Tuesday match or whether or not he shields things because he doesn't want to put it on tape for Atlanta. There's a lot of directions that Charlotte FC can go to. And we also talk about the fact that there is a glut of matches coming. The fact that they have six scheduled matches already in the month of May, a midweek match coming up a week from Wednesday at home against Chicago, and then another match a week from Saturday against Nashville. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no rest for the weary for the crown. No, but for me, it's an ideal opportunity to give Melo an opportunity to play his natural natural position as a number nine. Now, listen, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. He's clearly with Crown Legacy at the moment, predominantly. But at the end of the day, you want to see what your players can do in their natural positions. And I think when we've seen Melo have an impact with Crown Legacy, he's been very, very high level. He's looked a cut above the rest in terms of perhaps clearly being MLS level. And I think that if you talk the talk, you want to get the opportunity to walk the walk, right? And I think Mm -hmm. Melo has said that he's a number nine very clearly and wants the opportunity to score goals. So... I think it's time to let him see what he can do on the field. Very much so. And and I also feel like from from an emotional standpoint, uh, just looking at the team globally, and, and we've had a couple of conversations just, you know, you and I privately about just exactly what this win means for the club. This could be a turning point. We've talked about this possibly being a bit of a turning point after what happened last week against D.C. Unfortunately, we have not had the match-to-match continuity momentum. There's been a lot of good performances. Unfortunately, they've been uh, riddled or at least coupled with unsettling performances that have come either before or after. Uh, Putting two matches together, whether it's in MLS play, whether it's in U.S. Open Cup play, I think the real test right now for the crown is to make sure that this match on Saturday against NYCFC is not an outlier and it becomes the norm because you saw a lot of confidence with the way that they played. It takes a lot of lot of courage, even at home, to withstand the kind of onslaught that New York City FC brought to the table. The fact that they kept on playing and they were able to get goals when they needed them to. It's going to be very interesting to see how they respond to that same level of adversity and possibly control the contest themselves from here on out. Yeah, it's important to find that consistency. You don't want to be a yo-yo club where one minute you're playing fantastically, the next you disappear off the field. The key to Charlotte FC's success is work rate and concentration. I think that's where when we've had four games, it's looked like we haven't had 120% work rate. And it's also looked like our focus isn't completely there. I'm hoping with the reinsertion of a lot of experience and leadership in the likes of Kalina, in the likes of Westwood, in the likes of Justin Merrim coming in, you have a little bit more accountability on the side. And I think we saw that on the field yesterday, whether it be Ashley Westwood pointing to his head saying, hey, boys, use your head, whether it be Merrim saying, uh, slow it down, slow it down. Christian Kalina having the soccer IQ to hold the ball at his feet and let the clock trickle. We saw a lot more game management, soccer IQ experience into play. And that leadership and accountability is going to be huge to make sure that you do not allow your side 
to not put in a good performance. As we've said, teams are going to lose, right? Like that's the nature of it. It's very rare that mm. a side goes unbeaten for an entire season. What you want to make sure, and I say this as a coach all the time, as long as you walk off that field with no regrets, knowing that you put in 120%, that you left everything on the field, then your fans, then your supporters, then your coaching staff are going to be okay with it. We just can't settle for anything less than our best. Do you play Kalina in both games this week? Tough one. Uh, really tough one, particularly with George picking up that knock. Pablo hasn't had minutes for a considerable amount of time. He would like to get action. But at the same time, for a goalkeeper, consistency is key. And if you're going to try and experiment with the back line in terms of what is going to look best for you against Atlanta, you want to have your starting goalkeeper. It's all about meshing. It's all about communication. It's all about understanding. If I'm Kalina, I'm in Latanzio's office Say, hey, I want the opportunity to play because I need those reps. I need that consistency. And I need to try and merge with my back line. Yeah, it's a hard, hard balance right now because Christian Latanzio got a a lot of flack from the fan base about putting out a mostly first-choice side because of the casualties that resulted from it being Camille Jozviak and Bill Tuiloma. But this almost has to take the place of a training situation when it comes to Charlotte FC playing against Atlanta. Yeah, it's it's a lot more than that because of the fact that it is a cup contest, but I think it also has to resemble Charlotte FC, a, a free chance to get themselves a proving ground for their next game, which of course comes against a rival. I know that all games are created equal, but we all know that this one on Saturday probably means a little bit extra. Yeah, it does. Let's be honest, particularly with how Atlanta were able to destroy you. It sounds really nasty, but that was a very one-sided game uh, with the 3-0 victory for Atlanta in your home stadium. So Charlotte FC is going to want to look and get some revenge there. The only thing you have to note with this Open Cup lineup, yeah, it, were, it was difficult to see those injuries picked up in a 4-1 victory against a lower league side. But this is a cup competition, as you mentioned very well on the broadcast yesterday, still comes with that Champions League spot if you win the Open Cup. So if you're taking it seriously, you've now got MLS opponents in Orlando City. You know Orlando's a fairly quality side. You probably need to be playing a large portion of your full strength if you're going to challenge in this one, if you're taking the cup seriously. And I just look back to what happened with Charlotte FC against uh, New York Red Bulls last year. The first time they saw an MLS side in Open Cup play, they played a largely first-choice side, including uh, their first-team goalkeeper, Christian Kalina, in that outfit, which they lost in Montclair, New Jersey. Came back a couple weeks later and then beat them in what was Christian Latanzio's first game at the helm as manager of Charlotte FC. Uh, no radio for the Tuesday Open Cup match, but we'll be there on site giving you as many updates as you possibly can. Uh, we will be back on the air Saturday from Atlanta as we get you ready for Charlotte FC and Atlanta United from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Later on this week, we'll plan a preview for that as well. And we'll talk to you then. Jess, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk later on this week. Thank you. Always good when we get three points. Very much so. And thank you so much for listening, as always, to Crown Corner. Make sure to rate and subscribe and find us wherever you get your podcasts.